welcome to Audio Judo. That was very loud. <laughs> but that's okay. Randy will fix it in post. <laughs> I'm Kyle. And I'm Matthew. Good evening or morning whenever you happen to be listening to this. They can listen to it whenever they feel like, so. Pray that you're listening to it. Yeah. Please, somebody, God, listen to this podcast. Right? This is, uh, is there a, another go. I'm not going to number the episodes. It's a good choice. I don't want to do it this time. We're just, we'll just uh, say that uh, we're going to give it another shot, see what happens. Another shot meaning maybe it's our ninth shot. Yeah. Or I don't know how many. This one's going to be a little bit, we're going to try something uh, different with this one. I do want to make a point that I think in the scope of our uh, previous episode, we may have said the name of the show two times total. Uh-huh. So I'm going to try to say it as often as possible. This is Audio Judo. Audio Judo. Audio Judo. Audio Judo. Audio Judo. You know, that's what we should go over really quick. Where, uh, where did that name come from, Matthew? Audio Judo? Yeah, Audio well, Judo. It was, uh, it's kind of a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Cannibalization of, of something we may or may not have heard at uh, work. We can go into it. It's called uh, Verbal Judo. Verbal Judo. There's a, a wonderful book called Verbal Judo that uh, apparently every police officer you've ever been harassed by has read. Uh, and it's all, about, uh, it's all about disarming situations using speech. Yeah, basically spinning the conversation in their direction. Yeah. So they kind of have command of the conversation. But we uh, we had a security meeting at, at work a few months ago, and uh, one of the security guards kept saying verbal judo. Right. And we were it, he said it like three times, and yeah. everyone was like, verbal judo? What is this guy talking about? And we so were intrigued by it. It's a book uh, by a, a, a very interesting character. Yeah. I would highly recommend it. I actually bought it. Yeah, and Kyle read it. bought it right away. I uh, I started it and then I put it down because I got another book and I haven't picked it back up yet. So I got to finish it. What but was the other book? The other book is called uh, That Good. Can't remember. Yeah, I can't remember the name of it. It's all about uh, uh, how architecture is designed. How criminals think of architecture. Criminals. Criminals think of architecture. Didn't know they did. So, well, uh, I don't want to go too deeply okay. into this, but let's just say, uh, you know, let's say you're going to break into a building. They think of architecture differently than you would because you and I would think, oh, how, how do I have to get into Matthew's house? I got to go through the door, right? They might think, well, I could go through a window or I could cut a hole in the wall or mm. I could dig underneath it and dig up in from the basement. Interesting. This so, is what distracted you from verbal This is judo. what distracted me. Hmm. Because it's been in my Amazon list. I, I pre-ordered it, and it's been in there for quite a while. And all of a sudden, I was like, ah, it's out. Mm. All right. I know. I'm, I'm a huge loser. But we uh, <laughs> researching verbal judo, that's the name we were going to use for the podcast. We figured it was probably going to be a legal quagmire. Right. Fat, yeah, copyrighted, trademarked many times over. One of the co-authors is uh, one of the authors of the Left Behind series. Yes. So I figure he's got the weight of probably many, many lawyers. Uh, let's he's, just steer our way out of that one. He's got God on his side. Yes, he does. We didn't want to go against that no. again. <laughs> Do that daily, semi-daily. Anyways, that's where the name came from. So, uh, Yeah, oh, Audio oh, Judo. Audio Judo. And uh, hopefully down the road uh, we will uh, embark on some Ooh, yeah. Audio Judo uh, between amongst ourselves. Because uh, that is uh, that is one thing about this podcast. Every episode, maybe not every episode, we'll eventually get around to recycling these ideas. But uh, oh, we'll run out of ideas, yeah, no oh, yeah. doubt. We're we're going to do a little something different with every single episode. That's the hope. 
Yeah, hopefully. So, like, this episode, in fact, we're going to do something called Battle of the Earworms. Earworms. Sounds gross. Yeah. But it isn't. It is not an infection, although it is as far as we know. infectious. Oh, very nice. Nicely played. Oh, yes. I've been thinking about that one for like a week. I just want to put that out there. I'm not that. Well, it was well done. Thank you. So uh, here's what we're going to do. We're going to, we each, Matthew and I have each come up with a, an earworm song. A song, one of those songs that you hear it on the radio or, or in the store or somewhere, and it, it worms its way into your brain, and you can't get it out for hours or days or weeks. Yeah, it, that yeah. is true. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, and I think what we're going to do is we each came up with one. We haven't told each other what the earworm is, so we may have to pause for a second to listen to the earworm if one of us hasn't heard it. And then, uh, again, because we can't play any copyrighted music, we will tell you what the earworms are, and you, too, can pause the podcast and go listen to them. They should be pretty easy to find. We gave a little background on uh, uh, earworms. It's yeah. actually a... Um it's actually a real thing defined by scientists. It's uh, referred to as involuntary musical imagery Ooh. is the technical name for it. It is a, 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 an actual thing uh, where uh, they've defined musically what really constitutes an earworm and how, it's, how it gets into your brain specifically, usually a group of ascending notes followed by quickly descending notes, and uh, tempo is important, and things of that nature that really, that really define what an earworm is. I had according no idea about to any scientists, of that. According to science. That's science. Tell I obviously did my research well. I never typed the word right. earworm into Google. Well, you should have done that, because I that did. That would have been smart. Right? And, uh, you know, I don't, I don't, like I said, I don't know what Kyle's earworm is. But give you a broad overview. Hopefully it's not this one. But this one is the one that pretty much does it for everybody because everybody you know, well, most people you know, have waited in line at Disneyland for a specific ride. Oh, boy. That drives you nuts. It's a small world. Gets into your head immediately. I mean, part of it is because there's no escape from it. Yes. Because the line is 45 minutes long, and you will hear that song over and over again <laughs> for the duration of that 45 minutes, plus the, what, two and a half minutes you're actually in the ride. <laughs> but uh, things like that that, that uh, are unavoidable. Sometimes they, they stay in your head for, uh, for days, sometimes hours, but they are infectious, and, and they don't go anywhere. They just stay there. Uh, usually, it could be flushed out by listening to something else, hopefully. Yes. That's usually how I flush out the earworm. I have also heard that uh, sometimes if you've only heard part of a song, like part of an earworm song, and it, it's, you just keep like repeating the chorus in your head, I have heard if you sit down and actively listen to the song from beginning to end, your brain will kind of flush it out. Yeah, I've heard that as well. We are familiar with some of the other ones. Uh, I researched a whole bunch of lists, uh, people that, you know, this is... These are the top nine earworms. These are the top 21 earworms. Beat It appears on almost all of those lists. I could see that, yes. By uh, Michael Jackson, who we're not at all familiar with. I'm not with. familiar with that artist. I don't know. Nobody knows who that I don't is. Know who that is. As I was like going through the list, what I noticed is, yeah, earworm or just sing-along song? And I think there was there was a clear defining line because as I was going through them again, I don't know what's on, I don't I don't know what your one is, but the way they were categorizing them, I'm like, okay, don't stop believing. Is that really an earworm, or is it just a song everybody really enjoys singing yeah. along to, or trying to sing karaoke to, or Final Countdown? Not an earworm for me, 
But when it's on, you just want to do the yeah, and everybody wants to join in. And I, I think there's a clear defining line between a well-written song that everyone enjoys singing and an earworm that gets in your head and you can't get away from it, even if you hate it. Hmm. Especially Interesting. when you hate it. So I, it's funny that you would bring up the final countdown because sure. that was actually the first song I thought of. Yeah. And then I got thinking about it and I was like, really though, it's not because everybody remembers do 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 the the hook. Right. I just actually uh, that was on the radio today as I was coming into work and uh, I didn't know this, but apparently that started out as just a song they would play, Europe would play as they were going on stage. Just that hook. Yeah. Was just the the sound that they would play as they were going on stage and then they'd kind of like roll into whatever their first song was and then they were like you know maybe we should turn this into like a a real song and they did yeah that's where it came from and it's sad because that album that that song is on actually has like five or six songs that are way better than final countdown (laughs) that's a story for another time but it's it's like oh that's the only one you know womp womp so that's where we're at with earworms so Kyle, would you like to go? Would you like to... Uh... Uh, sure, I'll go first. Okay. The earworm that I picked that may or may not actually be an earworm, now that I understand the definition of earworm, was uh, <laughs> Walking on Sunshine by Katrina and the Waves. Katrina and the Waves. That's a, that's a, good, that's a good one. Yeah, it's a, it's a very interesting... I had no idea about any of the backstory for it either. Oh, really? Like, so I guess, yeah, they, um, they, were, uh, they kind of formed because Katrina of Katrina and the Waves mm-hmm. uh, was a military brat. So she's an American, but she was stationed in England with her father, and uh, she was in a band called Mama's Kitchen. Anyways, she was in a band that toured around and played a bunch of military bases in England, and she was actually contacted by the lead of another band called The Waves Mm -hmm. uh, that was just kind of breaking up, actually, at the time. And he basically said, look, we we really like your sound, and we want a, a female lead singer because we think it'll be not only a good hook, but you're very talented. And he got in touch with her as she was literally, like, walking out the door with suitcases to move back to the United States. And they ended up forming a band. And the only place they could actually get, uh, they, they self-recorded their first album that was just called uh, Walking on Sunshine. And it had a version of Walking on Sunshine on it sure. that doesn't sound, it sounds very similar to the one that everybody knows, but uh, not quite. And the only uh, production company that would buy it was this Canadian production company. So it immediately crazy Canucks. Ro- right rose up the charts in Canada, became very popular, and then I think it was purchased by uh, Columbia. I want to say they signed a contract with, and uh, they came through and re-recorded it, uh, re-recorded the whole album from beginning to end. But it's very interesting because it actually the first version of it, the quote-unquote Canadian version, came out in 1983, but the version that everybody knows came out in 1985. Really? Yeah. There's not a lot of difference between the two. It just sounds a lot more finished. That's weird. I felt like that was it would have been earlier than that. Right? Like it felt like 82 like at the advent of uh MTV. Yeah. Cuz that was one of the first videos I remember seeing as a kid. Was that one so clearly not as a kid. Well, still a kid, but 13 at that point. Another kind of weird fact is uh their first three albums. The first one was called Hey, a car just drove by. Right? Uh, the first one was... Uh, it's homie. <laughs> <laughs> the first one was Walking on Sunshine. The second album was called Katrina and the Waves 2. The third album was called Katrina and the Waves. Oh. So the sequel came out before well, the actual odd. album. A little weird, but just... Uh, yeah, and then he had no other hits, to my knowledge. Um, They did. They minor had hits. one more. 
called, I don't remember now, and unfortunately I didn't write it down because I only wrote down stuff about walking on sunshine. <laughs> but uh, it was, they, they performed in the Eurovision Song Contest in 1997. Okay. And apparently, like, swept the finals. I want to say the song was I Love You. I'll look it up here in just a second while you're talking. Never, uh, never heard of it. I have never heard the song either. It's interesting. I, I, honestly, I feel kind of uh, bad. I didn't even listen to it. I was like, "Oh, Eurovision Song Contest next." That's smart. Yeah, I just uh, like sorry. That Europe. song is the problem I have is that I love that song, and that's hard for it to be an earworm to me because I enjoy every time I hear it. Mm-hmm. I still enjoy listening to it, so it doesn't aggravate me. And it doesn't like it doesn't get to the point where it's gnawing at the back of my head like hmm. I keep hearing this song and I don't want to hear it anymore. So do you feel like an earworm has to be aggravating? I feel that way. It's something that you can't shake out of your head that like if you're not actively listening to other music or whatever and you're just going about your day and it's constantly just like scraping at the back of your head and I'm like I don't want to hear this anymore. And it's usually it usually ticks me off. Like I said, I did that. Uh, I did a sociological experiment yeah. at softball the other day, just to see how this would go. I started humming a song that I don't really care to listen to anymore. And by the end of the night, three or four people were actually singing the song out loud. And they're like, "Why? Where did I, where did I hear that? It was Captain of Her Heart, by the way." And they're like, <laughs> "Why am I? Why am I singing that?" And I'm like, "Because I've been walking back and forth in the dugout, going hum, 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 over and over again." <laughs> And they're like, oh, what? I don't want to hear that. I'm like, exactly. Now Nobody did. Even worse, now that's planted in thousands of podcast listeners. Right? You're welcome, everybody. We hope. <laughs> thousands, we hope. Right? <laughs> over and over again. You're going to hear. <laughs> you won't be able to get rid of it. You're welcome. You're welcome, America or planet Earth. Who? <laughs> now, my earworm is a little more wormy. Okay. Because as soon as I say it, you'll want to finish it. Manamana. Oh, I can't say it. I can't say it. <laughs> you have to. That is the perfect earworm. Yeah. Finish it. You'd want to. You have to. Deep, deep, deep. Manamana. Manamana. Copyright infringement. <laughs> I'm going to stop. Right. Yeah. Okay. But that's the one that uh, that gets me. Oh, that is a. Right. And that's a Muppets. That's a Muppets song. So it was, it was originally written by Jim Henson and premiered on the Red Skelton show in 1969. Whoa. He played it on there, and uh, a producer of another show decided they loved it so much they were going to hire this guy, this ragtag puppeteer who was on the Red Skelton show, to come and uh, guest on Sesame Street. And they brought, he brought that song with him, and that was kind of like the advent of Jim Henson and Muppets. In wow. your face, right? That's so, and that that is the one that it doesn't matter where I'm at, but if someone walks by and just says phenomena, you can't stop. You have to finish it and you keep going until yes. it's done and you hear it the rest of the day. You just keep hearing it. It drives me absolutely up a wall. <laughs> and I love it. I'm a huge Muppets fan, but it's it, it is. It's the one that's like ugh, can't get rid of it. What's weird is the first time I heard that song, it was not the Muppets version of that song. It was like a cover, and I can't for the life of me so remember. the Banana Splits? No. It was a cover. My mom had a, a 45, like a, a single record. Yeah. That was... Um, you sure it wasn't? 
I am positive it was not, because the other side of the album was a song called Kooky's Mad Pad, which I think was, <laughs> I think that was actually the A side, and Menomina was the B side. What was it again? Kooky's Kook- Mad Pad. Kooky's Mad Pad. It's such a stupid song, too. That one's like a, <laughs> man, it's a mad pad. It's a crazy <laughs> pad. And then it's just like weird freeform jazz, like... <laughs> Yeah. It's a crazy pad. He's got mohair rugs. <laughs> like, that's not at all exactly what the song is, but it's close enough. Yeah, yeah. so that is a... Uh... That's the one for me. I had other ones written down on my list. That is a fantastic one. Like, I, like, uh, I was going to, at the end of this, I was going to be like, we should get people to vote online about which one is the better earworm. You already won. I can't. <laughs> I had what, like Rick Astley had never give, never going to give you up on there. Oh, that's a good one. Right, it is a good one. But again, it's that one is more intentionally designed nowadays to cause harm to people, like Rick Rowland yeah. people. That's just, that's just meant to piss people off now. <laughs> I had what uh, YMCA, and I again. Oh, I feel that's like another that's, good one. I feel like that's almost a, like a sing along one though, because as soon as you start playing that at a wedding, like even you know ninety five year old grandma, great grandma's up. Like I want to do it. Yeah, the YMCA. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, I don't care about my hip. <laughs> Mickey by Tony Basil. Oh, that's a good one. It's one that I can't stand because everybody wants. Like everybody knows it. Everybody's excited about it. Oh, that is a uh, never-ending story is a quality one. <laughs> Producer Randy Producer with, Randy. The, with the, the, the chime in there. <laughs> and it's such bullshit, too, because it totally ends. That story ends. It's a, such a lie. It was like 90 <laughs> minutes. Uh, what else did we have? Uh, uh, well, for the newer, uh, younger crowd, like all about the bass, a uh, bass. Uh, people love that song. <laughs> <laughs> the Andy Griffith theme. Oh, that's another good one. That damn whistle. Oh, oh. <laughs> that's going to be stuck in your head already now, isn't it? It is already. Like, this list is just, it, it, it's terrible. And for all the youngsters out there, or people that enjoy subpar animation movies, let it go over and over again. Oh, God. Right? That is definitely an earworm. It's terrible. You know, I mean, the, I know a lot of people love that song, but... You know, it, the sequel's coming out this year, yeah, so, so I'm, I'm get ready. So there'll be a Let It Go to. Get it re- Get ready, everybody. That, to me, like, can you imagine working on a project, like a sequel to something like that, and they're like, all right, you gotta write a song better than that. Go! <laughs> and you're just like, fuck! I don't know what to do! I don't li- keep it here! Keep it here! Wait. <laughs> Never let it go! I'm like, no, what am I gonna do? Oh, that was beautiful. I mean, can you imagine you know, being someone's some listening port- out there right now going, right? oh my God, that's, that's gold. Genius. That's gold, Kyle. Gold. Gold. Like, <laughs> how, do you, how do you even begin to write a sequel to something like that, that millions of children, it's just, it's stuck in their heads and they just sit there and play with their toys and sing it over and over and over again? Hmm. How, do you, how do you even begin? You, you don't. Oh, and another one, uh, uh, Kyle can appreciate this one. And for all you uh, fans of uh, more grown-up animation, mm. if I just do bird, <laughs> right? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's gold, Mr. Flugelman. <laughs> gold, 
Mr. Flugelman. Let's go. Yeah. You yeah. know the only uh, the only problem with you listing all those uh, earworms? What's that? We can't use any of those in a future episode where we do a, an earworm battle now. Oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I spoiled it for everybody, yeah, didn't ruined I? ruined it for everybody. But I was trying but, to get to the root of earworms. Yeah, I, I like that, though. I do like it. So here's here's why I think Walking on Sunshine is a good earworm. All right, I'm listening. First of all, every time you hear it, it gets stuck in your head for at least a couple of days, right? Yes. Second of all, basically their only popular song, so kind of a one-hit wonder situation, but also used very, very, very frequently in movies and television as like a, a specifically just a, a mood-creating song. Yes, any of your standard rom-com movies. Yes. I've got a list. Oh, I'll bet you do. So uh, IMDb has a total of 68 appearances of this song in TV and movies. Hold on, hold on. You think she's ever worked again? Uh, she, uh, I looked this up actually. She does. I mean, does she have to? I'm sure she doesn't have to. Okay. I'm sure the whole band doesn't have to. Uh, I know the the. Oh, I can't think of his name now. I should have written their names down like an idiot. I didn't. Rue something. R e w something. He is the guitar player, I believe. Mm-hmm. And he, uh, oh boy, he wrote a bunch of. He's written books since then. Oh. So has she. I don't know whether she actually writes or not. Katrina, Books, I should say. Huh? Yes. All right. It's appeared in at least 68 films 68 and movies. 68 films and movies. Here's all the ones you'll probably recognize. I only listed 67 of them. So What? I'm just kidding. Uh, three Identical Strangers, The Goldbergs, Workaholics, Bojack Horseman, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, Supernatural, EastEnders, The Big Bang Theory, 90210, United States of Terra, Cougar Town, Moon, New in Town. That's two different things by the way cougar town is one tv show and moon is a movie new in town is something different new in town is a film it's oh, not it's not it's not, not the john, john mulaney stand-up special <laughs> okay that's what i thought too i was like oh, it's in an episode when, when of was the, it in that it's in an episode of the angry video game nerd it's in a uh, prison break cold case daddy daycare the masters of Dis- the master of disguise the office grounded for life high fidelity american psycho king of the hill sports night beavis and butthead the TV show, not the movie. Look who's talking. Bean, the Mr. Bean movie. Oh, okay. Uh, and no, the talking. secret of my success with Michael J. Fox, which is a great movie. It is a good movie. That's the height of his powers. More importantly, I think than all of that. Oh, yes. there's one show that it was used in that I think is why it is, why it's is cemented in my brain as an earworm. Let's imagine you're trying to think a thousand years in the future, right? Mm-hmm. And you're trying to think to yourself, what song? should survive a thousand years and still be stuck in somebody's head as an earworm. <laughs> and that song is Walking on Sunshine by the by Katrina and the Waves because it's in the TV show Futurama. Futurama. I kind of felt that's where you were yeah. headed. That's Fry's like, uh, go-to song. He doesn't know any of the other lyrics except Walking on Sunshine, whoa, oh. That's all you really but need to know. That's all you really need to know. To me, that was the real sinker why I was like, oh, yeah, that's definitely an earworm because Futurama had a very smart writer's room. Sure. And they had to sit down and be like, what song would he still, like, obviously he didn't live out the thousand years, but what song should be stuck in his head that everybody's going to recognize immediately that he can only sing one line of over and over and over again, but people are, people are going to be like, oh yeah, he knows the whole song. I could see a thousand years of being an earworm. 34 years removed from its debut. Yeah. Maybe it's not so wormy. Not so earwormy yet. So wormy. It's got to come back around right? again. Yeah. All right. But I, it's a lot that it's a lot of films. It is. There's a lot of uh, places. And like I said, those are only the ones that I recognize. There's I'm a whole to bunch think of others of, like, on some there that of are... them. Like where in the movie they 
occur the t- tv show and it is it is the mood lifter yeah. you know and it's usually it's usually not used as a background piece as much as it kind of takes over the audio and it's the people doing something else so yeah. it's not like under the dialogue it's just like a lot everyone. of times it's a montage like oh, thank you that's the word i could you know they're, they're like it. what are we gonna do the they gotta get all psyched up and ready for the dance what are they gonna do used to think maybe and then they get the dance already and everything now i have it in my head yeah there it is ah, shit. told you that <laughs> that was just mean i'm sorry that's all right everybody else has to deal yeah, with right? it too thousands of podcast listeners thousands please god Right, right. Many, podcast right, many, many thousands. So uh, I was looking up defining what the earworm is. It has a couple other names besides in- involuntary musical imagery. It's also known as a cognitive itch and a stuck song syndrome, which I'm not impressed with that name, but that is uh, uh, what it's called. This, this report says uh, earworms are usually 15 to 30 seconds in length and are more common in those with an interest in music. See, that makes sense. So if you have an affinity for music in general, you will probably be more affected by the earworms. You sort of pick out like the, the technical aspects of it. Right. I know that It's a Small World just bugs the crap out of me <laughs> when we're there. And Heather was like, what? Like, right? What do you mean? What? You don't hear that? I've heard the song. I'm like, it's not like you don't want to stab somebody right now? Because I do. <laughs> Happiest place on earth, earth, my ass. Like, this is terrible. So uh, I was trying to remember, this was kind of interesting, too, what uh, what all the members of Katrina and the Waves were doing before they... They were all in bands before they started, but none of them were very successful bands. So I kind of Katrina was uh, washing dishes, dishes and vag... <laughs> Good Lord. <laughs> you know, vagging groceries. <laughs> That's a that's a term. That's a thing. Washing dishes and bagging groceries. Uh, <laughs> Vince uh, was drilling holes in bowling balls. Alex was working in a morgue, carrying around dead bodies, and Kimberly was a postman. That's it. That's it. That but that to me is the weirdest collection of like, oh yeah, you know, I was waiting tables and uh, you know. Yeah, bagging groceries, and uh, he worked in a morgue, and he was drilling holes in bowling, bowling balls. balls. And now you have a uh, now you have a hit song, hit number song one that's hit song in everybody's brain. Yeah, but it looks like so. Uh, further research, uh, it looks like the earliest incident of of the earworm. Mark Twain, in 1876, wrote a story called "A Literary Nightmare," and it's about a jingle that one can get rid of only by transferring it to another person. Ooh. So it's a, again, it's that like that thing you like you want. And again, that I think that's where we're at. We're at an impasse where I believe the earworm is a negative connotation for this phenomenon. And I think that it could be positive. Right. But I don't know if that's necessarily an impasse. I think it's just a difference of opinion. Isn't that an impasse? Not necessarily. Okay. Then. To me, an impasse is that I would like, I would agree that it can definitely also be negative. Like you, you said, you don't it's care a, for my it, terminology. It's a small, saying? it's a small world. Drives me freaking insane, man. As it like should. I can't. It should. It's terrible. It's torture. It's torture for for parents. It's torture for everybody. Although you know, it is uh, incredibly uh, horrible sounding. Have you ever been on "It's a Small World" when the audio cuts out and then you just hear? I I. <laughs> you just hear little like not. whirling things, and you're like, "It's so quiet in here, except all this machinery." Ooh, 
horrible. See it. See, and that's okay. So Arthur C. Clarke of uh, 2001 fame. Yes. Wrote a story called The Ultimate Melody, in which a scientist develops the ultimate melody, one that so compels the brain that its listener becomes completely and forever enraptured by it. Theorized that a great melody made its impression on the mind because it fitted in with the fundamental electrical rhythms going on in the brain. Attempts to abstract from the hit tunes of the day to a melody that fits in so well with the electrical rhythms that it dominates them completely. He succeeds and is found in a catatonic state from which he never awakens. Wow. Right? So. Was it. uh, Horrible earworm. Was it. uh, Daisy, Daisy. (laughs) Give me your answer, do. Why did you do? <laughs> Why did you just do that? Because it's from uh, 2001 A Space Odyssey, also oh, by, by Arthur C. C. Clark. Clark. It is? Yeah. Well, it's so. Still hung up Hal on sings cookies it. mad pad thing. Hal so. sings that. Hal the computer sings that as it's uh, as they're deprogrammed, as they're pulling all of his memory chips. Ah. And the reason uh, the reason he picked that song was because it was the first song sung by a computer. So there was a I want to say it's an IBM machine probably, probably that they had programmed to mimic the human voice and it could sing that song. It's very there's video of it if you want to go look it up, but it's very uh, maybe I will. It's very computerized. Surprise! <laughs> a computer from the 40s or 50s sounds very computerized. Who'd have thought? Who'd have thought that? Nobody. Not. One person ever. Yeah, so uh, you should, uh, uh, listeners, notice I used the plural there. Ooh. Not just listeners. Listeners of this podcast, which is called Audio uh, Judo. Yes, you should uh, send us your uh, crap. Yeah, don't have them send us their earworms. Send, send us your suggestions for an earworm. But where are they going to send them? Uh, See, that's the problem. Send them. We'll, we'll post uh, contact information in the show notes, which you should. Uh, so if you're listening to this on any podcast software should be able to look just below the description and there will be a contact information chances are it will be info i'm not going to say that. it'll be an info email address okay you can contact us on facebook or twitter that's true audio judo instagram maybe i haven't set up the gram yet but send us your uh, no send us your suggestions yeah, send us your suggestions please for the love of god do not send us <laughs> links to earworms we will just die yeah, we'll that's just right. <laughs> We'll both sink into a catatonic state. Right. It's, if one of them is the ultimate melody, That's a that could happen. It's kind of like, uh, I may have talked about this before, Lifehouse. Familiar with that? The uh, Pete Townsend project that he worked on post-Quadrophenia. Uh, okay. So he had this idea about... Uh, before, yeah, but go on. About a, 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 a band that does the same concert over and over again. With the same crowd of people trying to achieve nirvana to to get to this perfect note that would enlighten everybody, and that's and that's similar. It's like the catatonic, yeah. the ultimate melody. So that's what he was searching for. Is is a project called Lifehouse that never really got off the ground. He recycled some of his songs like Bob O'Reilly and stuff like that for Who's Next and scrapped it, and then he redid it in the nineties. It was terrible, but that's uh, that's kind of where the idea hmm. comes from. Where they're 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 searching for uh, well, this is instead of one perfect melody, they were searching for one perfect note that set set the whole did it place ablaze. Did it fail because they discovered that note and it was the brown note, <laughs> and the whole audience was just like, "Yay! Oh no! Oh, no. <laughs> we really enjoyed Done. this. This club is closed <laughs> down. The only solution is to burn it to the ground. Uh, you have to." 
It's a, but it's a fascinating idea. It's just a little bit far-fetched, yeah. as most of his ideas were. Very, uh, very science fiction-y. Definitely. But that's kind of where I was headed with that, so... Interesting. But send us uh, suggestions. Send us uh, show ideas. Yeah. Where where could we head uh, with the next one? I know uh, either next episode or two episodes from now, we will be having uh, guests with us. Oh, yeah. So uh, some uh, promotion and some new music and some some uh, good people. So that's the point there. Yeah. Also, uh, feel free to contact us and tell us uh, how much we suck. Right. <laughs> no, that wasn't what I was going to say. Yeah, let's yeah, say feel uh, free to do that too. You can do that if you want. But uh, I was going to say, contact us. Let us know. You know, if you think that uh, walking on sunshine or manamana, thank you, is uh, is is an earworm. Tell us your story. We'll try to read it in the next podcast. If somebody actually takes the time to write a story and be like, the first time I heard walking on sunshine, I was about to kill myself, and right. then. You know, I, I heard that on the radio out the window, and I took the gun out of my mouth and lived the rest of my life. You tell us a fun story like that? I will read it word for word. Absolutely. I, won't, I will not paraphrase that in no. the slightest. Whoa. Excuse me. Randy will take that right out. Thank you, Randy. I appreciate you removing my burps and farts from the <laughs> podcast. But not me talking about burping and farting on the, into the microphone no, on the podcast. No, definitely leave that on the podcast. Yes. You want to wrap it up? Yeah, I think that's uh, again. Try to you know contact us. Uh, hope you enjoyed the episode and uh, tune in next time. Thanks for listening. Audio judo. <laughs> trust fund students have discovered an uh, never-before-heard instrument from the jungles of uh, sub-Saharan Africa, and here's a two-hour sample of the music. I listened to that one. It was great. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.